somewhere in a Sony boardroom in 1997. Guys, this Final Fantasy thing is selling like hotcakes. We gotta get in on this RPG thing! Sir, I thought you said no RPGs and no games that are too Japanese. That wasn't me. That was that Bernie Stellar guy. He's Sega's problem now. So come on, what's in this Final Fantasy game that people like so much? Well, you got, like, a silver-haired bad guy, and he likes to burn down villages, I think. Get that in there right away! You've also got a spiky-haired hero that's kind of a jerk. Yes! I like it! Make sure that's in there! Oh, and don't forget his childhood best friend that may be a love interest, but he's just too dumb to see it. Good! Good! What else? Oh, and we can kill off a really good character before the first disc ends. Yes! This is all excellent stuff! Keep it coming! Sir, this is bonkers. We're not going to get anywhere copying Final Fantasy. What are you talking about? Final Fantasy games do well because of the love and care the developers put into the game. Not just copying tropes that are popular at the time. How about, instead of all this... We just write a good story with memorable characters, put them through a journey that tests their strength and resolve as people, and the game will speak for itself. Oh. Oh, yeah. Get that guy out of here! Wait, what? No, 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 not, not, not the face! Ah! Ow. Well, come on! More stuff! Oh, uh, well, we'll show a really cool commercial on TV that shows nothing but the cutscenes, so people will think the game looks better than it does. Don't forget the convoluted plot twists. Oh my god! We are going to make so much money! This is RPG Backtrack, RB Gamer's official retro gaming podcast covering titles from the early days of PC gaming right up through the consoles of yesteryear. Join hosts Kelly Ryan, Matt Mason, and the estimable Mike Minky as they and their guests tell you what to borrow, what to buy, and what to relegate to that big backlog in the sky. Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are, of course, a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you fine podcasts like RPG Cast for your news, Q&A Quest for your feedback, and we're for your nostalgia. And unfortunately, I don't have a clever pairing to do with me and my co-host, Matt Mason, because we have got a shit show and I am already one beer in. Oh, that's okay. I'm sitting on the toilet to record tonight because, you know, that's the kind of episode this is. Please, Might please, as well, for right? the love of God, have your pants on. So it's a shit show for real. Yes. Why am I calling myself right into tonight? I already hear the angry comments typing because we're going to be talking about Legend of Dragoon, probably one of the most polarizing RPGs I have ever played. I would not have thought of that until the past three years, and I'll talk about that later. Why I've always had people that loved it. I loved it. 
Well, these disembodied voices are here. We've got David from Q&A Quest. Ah, uh, the never-ending chatterbox of Q&A Quest. We've got Andy, who uh, does reviews and stuff on the site. What's up, everybody? Um, Robert, your, our your social... Your official role is reviews and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reviews and stuff, in quotations. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're, we're very professional here. Anyway, Robert, the guy that messes with the Twitters. Oh, no, he did a, have a, has a spot for that now, I think. No, it's always been there. Ah, Gotcha. And then uh, Pascal, one of our favorite reviewers. I have a bot that does the reviews. <laughs> this is the future. Yeah, apparently David and I are like the two most technical, intuitive guys on when it comes to when I'm on Q&A quest. So we just talk for hours on technic, technical stuff of games. Oh, well, well, they certainly we needed, you for the, they needed you for the development of this game, I'll tell you that right now. And the funny thing is that I don't remember hating it, but then I watched the plot summary because I I played through like 50% of it. And then I watched the plot summary for the rest because I lost my save file. And it's like, my God, the story is stupid. And I'm going to attempt to summarize it in 30 minutes or less while drinking beer. (laughs) The plot summary made me angry. Although I I, I didn't watch the same one you watched, but it, it made me frustrated. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the kind of plot that happens when you don't, like, write a story. You just construct a bunch of cliches together. But... Yeah, I have a tidbit of information when we get to when, when we get to talking about that in regards to the music. Well, we, I will put you in charge of the musical interludes then, and we'll take a quick break with a musical interlude, and then we'll come back for the... I want to say support group. <laughs> I'm not scarred. I'm un, I'm unkillable, but oh, some of you oh, people oh, think I, you need help. This I've tried worse. Grouping, this support group encourages alcohol, so grab a beer, strap in, because we got a lot to bitch about. We'll be right back. RPG backtracker in in this game's case the RPG shit show uh, that's that's what we call it when, I mean, we need to cover come up with a more clever name for game doing games does it deserve a better name though I, I I don't know I've I've heard other people use shit show for it before but we'll think of that later so Legend of Dragoon released in Japan December second nineteen ninety nine in North America on June thirteenth two thousand and in Europe on January nineteenth two thousand one and this was a Sony developed their internal studio Japan studio and had a budget of about sixteen million I imagine half of that was spent on cocaine <laughs> <laughs> Spent on cocaine, this game would be faster. I feel like it's probably spent on downers, <laughs> not uppers. That's true. Touche. So, um, how do we want to start? Where, do we want to start where the game hurt us? Do we story, gameplay, oh. pick our poison? I mean, well, we can always start with a little story here. They got how they got the uh, 
names for the characters. Yeah. So when I got to this bit of trivia on Wikipedia, I was like, this explains so much. The team chose the characters' names by writing down 100 names between the letters A to N and choosing the names they liked best and attaching them to the characters who fit the proposed name. So uh, that's why a lot of the characters in this game have really stupid names, like Dark. So that's, so that's real. Yeah. This is a real fact. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, one of the summaries that I watched mentioned this, but then again, you know, maybe they pulled it off Wikipedia. I still feel like my favorite thing about all the character names is that they gave two characters last names and then gave up for the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> How do you beat Slambert? So it's it's a turn-based RPG, and what makes this one unique, in air quotes, is that you have a quick-time event every time you do an attack. And I I get the idea that they're trying to invoke a Mario RPG thing where you don't just sit there and mash the A button, you actually have to time your attacks. But I swear to God, the timing on these attacks is like a fraction of a second, like faster than human reaction time. Well, I don't know. Like I got very good at uh, very... Uh, what's Dart's super fast one? Uh, something something Blade Dance? Hero? What? Something Blade Dance? Uh, there's Gust of Wind Dance, but that's Lavitz. Uh, no, no. There, there's one where Dart is basically mashing. Yeah, there's a few. of Every character has at least one that's basically just like... Just hammer the button and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I and really good at that combat system. All of them have really good dumb names. I'm a big fan of Burning Dynamo. <laughs> yes. Demon's Dance. Demon's Rod Dance. That's what I'm thinking of. Rod Typhoon just sounds filthy. <laughs> How about yeah? Well, you know, um, Double Slash. Oh, all of them have... I really love, like, the very awkward, like, I don't actually speak English cadence that a lot of them approach these syllables with. You, you know what? I'll be back. I'm going to grab the... St- oh, wait. Where is it? Never mind. I forgot where the strategy guide is. But, but you know, the point of this is that you you're, you need to use these attacks to level them up, them up to get more powerful ones, because otherwise you're going to be doing garbage damage. And, oh, yeah, the enemies can do them, too, and you have to time it right to dodge. There's no dodging in this game. Uh, it's like a like a addition attack or something. Oh, they yeah. can counter you when you're in the middle of an addition. Yeah. And yeah, and then that's you have a to push. Then you have to push it's, square instead of X. Yeah, it's odd. Also, maybe you're thinking of Crush Dance. I might be. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about uh, whoever was okay. saying that they remembered like a Dart edition with like dance in the name. Um, and then you eventually get the ability to turn into a Dragoon, which gives you more stats and. Gives you more powerful moves, but you also have a limited time in battle. And from what I was seeing in the kind of the reviews, is you can't get the dragoon form more than once in a fight because of how it charges up the meter. It mostly takes forever. There are bosses where I think I've actually done that before, but I'm not actually sure. <laughs> doesn't sound quite legendary to me. Like the no, it issue, really doesn't. The biggest issue with this battle system is that at any given time, you essentially only have two options. A fight or... Defend. You can you can fight, defend, or use items. You uh oh for the record, no item stack, hard limit of like thirty two items. Uh but yeah, and then like you can turn into a dragoon, and a dragoon can fight or use magic. And also every magic costs some per, like some amount some multiple of ten MP. So it's just it's bad. 
this like the, the big issue is just this is a combat system that is both very simple and takes forever because <laughs> like if you're playing it right you're doing all the additions all the additions are long or like the the good additions are long because they like some of them have as many as like seven additional hits mm-hmm. and they're like that's the that's the way to do the most effective damage but also you know there's you're either doing well on the additions or you're not doing well on the additions and there's not anything you can really do to affect the combat much outside of that the other option is to use attack items which require you to just hammer a button over and over again yeah and the additions are every every character's turn every single round all the time no don't worry there's one character who can't use additions and she's completely useless because of it oh, yeah. because the the archer characters cannot use additions and thus their ability to deal damage and gain sp to transform into a dragoon is completely crippled because they can only get like 12 at a time so, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the archers actually do get adjustments to it as they go through the game but yeah. it's because no one used them they're just not good enough like even when they're adjusted they're not good enough i forgot how do you heal in this game is it just items or does anybody have any spells um, if you there defend, are spells but only on the dragoons if but you, yeah, you can if, if you use defend it cuts the incoming damage down by half i think it's half but it rounds it down so um you know, it's a little bit more than half, I guess, and um, and it it restores um, your HP, and um, the more you level up, the more it restores. Yeah, maybe it's a percentage of the total. Yeah, I it's didn't a percentage. Like all of the healing in this is percentage based. So is it like maybe ten percent, or it's somewhere like eight percent? I mean, it's I, yeah. I would call a substantial amount just for hitting. Like if you're def- if you aren't completely outclassed stat-wise, the defending will probably ultimately work out in your favor. Right, <laughs> and you can literally just spam defend with every single person. I I I don't remember if there's maybe some bosses that have workarounds for this or just hit. There are bosses faster. where they expect you to do this. Okay. But I, but I, I suppose apart from those, like there's just no way that you should die ever in this game. Mm. It's, it's, so you're you're doing bad in a fight. You just turtle up, and there you go. You just waste a few minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I can tell that I have barely any memories of this game because I do not remember that aspect of it at all. Oh no, I don't, the, I only realized that when I went to play it for the fourth time. Yeah. Oh. Just the insane fight. The insane. Parappa the Rapper it's, style gameplay. You, are you talking about like the defensive healing? Yeah. Yes. Um, there is a uh, there is a character. So I I pulled out um the old system and played a couple hours of it just to like kind of refresh my memory. And there uh, and instead of using my old save, uh, which is um which I did find it and it's currently at seventy four hours. That was like the I guess like near end game save. Yeah, sweet Jesus, uh, but I, you must be right at the end at that point. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, um, this is so. This is one of those games. There was a string of games around that time where I played them forever, got to um, what I would assume is the end boss, or like you know, right, right before the end boss, and then just, eh, I don't know. I don't feel like finishing it. Like it was this uh, Final Fantasy VIII. I did the exact same thing. Final Fantasy XII. Uh, so all like, well, I mean, you know, they're a couple of years apart. But um, anyway, there's a character at the very beginning. Uh, in in the very first village, who is I guess optional to talk to. He kind of like flags you down at one point. He says he's your I don't know what he calls himself. He's your like sword. your combat teacher or something. Yeah, your sword instructor or whatever. And he kind of says like, hey, um, this is your you know you have a chance if you want we can spar. Uh, but you don't have to talk to him. But if you do, uh, 
he tells you about this. He yeah, he's the tutorial. He's, yeah, but he's he's optional. And from what I from from the way he says it, it sounds like he's not available anymore. Like after, past that point, you yeah, walk away like, without. After you leave that area, you, there's really no reason to ever go back. Going backwards in this game is weird because the world map is uh, entirely linear and just a string of lines. Uh, and so, like, very rapidly it becomes impractical or impossible to go back. Um, yeah. So, I wonder, though, um, I guess I'm going to be, like, kind of with Tam here a little. I'm, I'm a little bit more like a defender of this game. I don't hate this game, but I don't think it's recommendable in any fashion. <laughs> so yeah, it's, a, it's a hard game to recommend. It's like, you may want to try this, but I don't know if you will enjoy it type of thing. It's not a sad game, and I think people should at least maybe try play it if they're interested in trying it but it is there are way better rpgs out there but at the same time there are way worse this one well, is i would say below mediocre but it isn't like bottom of the barrel so that's kind of my i i was really just i'm not like ready to talk like overall uh quality yet but just like the combat system which we've talked about a little bit are we are we just kind of like filtering that though through like a 2021 lens and comparing it to what we know like i wonder back in 1997 like the so oh, this came out what is it called the, yeah. oh was it not 97 i'm sorry no no 97 is when it started it was a three-year project um so i but the the button presses like back then i i don't remember that like really bothering me it was is one it of just... those things where like it was always it was not that it bothered me per se but it is a situation where even at the time it's like there's not a lot happening here it's not so much the buttons presses that are a problem so much as the fact that there's no other thing you can ever be doing really yeah my my issue with the button presses is that they start out very simple and then they get complicated really fast and some of the ones where you just have the button mash i i don't see how they expected anybody to do well with those and then there's me who was able to do them <laughs> but is it isn't Maybe, it nicer yeah. I mean, it's, so the game is very grindy because you do a lot of... Um, it was no, the very game's long, grindy for other reasons. And you do a lot of uh, random encounters. But isn't it nicer to have that, to break up the the um, turn-based battles rather than just hitting attack? The thing you is, always turn the encounter you kind of still are just hitting attack. <laughs> because, like, See, the problem with just hitting attack is that you're not being engaged in any fashion. When, when I'm going through a new area, I don't mind doing in random encounters because I'm exploring, and that's part of the exploring. But when I'm getting out of an area or going back to, you know, going through like an area with weaker enemies, I don't want to do encounters. I just want to get to where I want to go. And I, I believe Matt has a specific bitch just about this. Do you want to take off with that, Matt? The encounter rate? Yeah. Like, like it, it was kind of, re- I mean, it was ridiculously high. That's one of the things that made it grindy. And um, I mean, there's been other games like this that have the encounter indicator light um above your head and it was always flashing changing colors and when it reached something like blue i believe or red you had a bad red it uh you're in danger basically yeah but there wasn't anything you could do about that um yeah yeah item that reduces it there was also like you can't duck or evade when it turns red like i wonder you know what's the red for it's gonna hit anyway yeah 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 Yeah. uh there was actually a glitch in the u.s version that caused i forget if you were traveling north like northeast or northwest but when you were traveling in those directions you couldn't have an encounter huh that's the speed run strat (laughs) 
Yeah, they just yeah, run. I was about to say. You know, when we talk about all these encounters, too, I mean, it, it, they, they didn't really add up to a lot because the experience levels were so low comparatively actually, to, like... Actually, yeah. I, I, know, I know an answer to that one. I found out the issue. So in most JRPGs, they either give out a flat rate of experience to everybody or... In the case of Dragon Quest, which um, what they do is they multiply the base amount by the number of parties and then divide it by the same number of party members. It makes no uh, you sense. Mean, you mean Legend of Dragoon? No. Oh, this no, is see, okay. Dragon this Quest multiplies it by your party members and then divides it by that same number. Oh. So it looks like you're getting more. I saw this specifically with Dragon Quest Three. So say you got a thousand. You know, the mob is supposed to give you a thousand XP. Well, if you had four party members who lived. Oh. One of the other problems with this game, though, is that it's only bosses that give you decent EXP. Yeah, it's very little. And it is divided by how many party members you have. It is, yeah. Uh, so, and, I mean, rounded, it, it, and rounded it, down, I, mean, I believe. Like, if you have three party members and you get ten experience, everybody gets three points, and the, the, the ten sorry, points lost internet. goes nowhere. I was wondering when you'd be back. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. So, but yeah, some of the games would actually multiply the amount of experience you get per mob, depending on the number of party members, whereas all Legend of Dragoon did is divided it by how many party members in the active party. That's yeah. all it did. It did, but it did, um, it, once you have like two characters and three characters, it does pit you against uh, larger numbers of enemies, so... It doesn't multiply your experience, but it gives you more enemies that, you know, ultimately net you more experience. Maybe not exactly and also uh, proportional. Of the battle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, when you're all doing those button mashes for each character, your battles take a lot longer. Uh, and you kind of like a round or two for defending. Even if yeah. you're uh, doing, even if you're, you don't need to do the additions to kill the enemy because the enemy is like lower level than you. The game wants you to be doing all those additions because, like, the SP you get from additions is how you gain Dragoon levels, and you need those. Um, Andy hasn't gotten a chance to talk because of his internet. Andy, do you have any thoughts on the gameplay? Um, I've, I do. I've just been kind of listening in and out to what you guys are saying, and I pretty much have the same thoughts. Um, you know, it was said earlier about the battle system with the additions. You know, isn't it more interesting than just pressing attack over and over and over again? Which I, I do agree with that assessment. It does give it more immersion and it keeps you interested in the game. But I feel like this is like the like the sophomore effort of it because of the timing that was said earlier that, you know, there seems to be no rhyme and reason. And you just have to just suss it out just over and over and over just to figure out, okay, this person has this exact timing to do the additions and i feel like it could have been implemented better and i i do agree with the the high encounter rate it just doesn't bother me that much to me it's just part and parcel of you know rpgs yeah you you fight monsters oh, okay you know just yeah kind of right eye um, there, so, I don't know, I think overall it's like, I, the idea of the combat system, or the ideas that they implemented don't bother me, it is true that probably they're not carried out in super interesting ways, and, and you know, a lot of a lot of more stuff, even just simple um, changes could have been made to, to make it more engaging, that, you know, that's yeah. definitely true, and maybe a little bit more balanced, um, so, um, it, you guys already mentioned that the, uh, what are they yeah the additions right so they that they actually level up but the um they don't become more powerful as they level so like um uh, darts uh, what is it uh, double slash right 
um, if you pull it off successfully, I think 20 times, it goes from level one to level two. And then uh, then you have to pull it off uh, successfully another, maybe it's another 20 or another 30 times on top of that to reach the next like level for that particular move. But uh, as it goes from, from level one to level two, I don't think it does any more damage. I think it does more, the damage increases when the character levels up, but um, it, it... um, You get more SP for doing it. Um, it actually depends on the attack. Some of them did get more powerful, but they had very low SP games, where some of them had small power, but had bigger SP okay. games. Yeah, I only so I only replayed the first maybe like three hours, so I've seen the like the base, the the original edition you get a couple of times. I guess I didn't play long enough to get the, like anything beyond that yet. That would have, just interrupting just real fast, that would have been something that they should have added to this. I hate the fact that you can only pick the additions outside of battle. That, I feel like that should have been at least some kind of menu in the battle where you can pick on the fly which one you want to do based on what situation you're in. Yeah. And realistically, well, there should just honestly be more more distinguishing factors between them if I were to like armchair design this. Or be... Like, maybe be able to start off one uh, with, like, you know, the first two button presses, but then uh, depending on which button you press for the third, uh, the third link in the sequence, it can go one of two different, um, it, it can it can chain into one of two different editions. So it's, so you're not just locked into doing the same edition until the, well, until you change it in the menu, that is. Kind of like in, um, you talking about, like, in Final Fantasy twelve. When you do their, um, it's their limit breaks. I think it has a different name though. I'm blanking on what it's called. Yes. Uh, Where, you know, you can just like chain them, you know, together, uh, just to make the super combos out of them. Kind of, kind of like, like that. I'm, I'm thinking. I, <laughs> what? I don't know. I've, I, <laughs> no, I don't know. Probably not because I, I can't think of how this, how that connects to Final Fantasy 12. I, Oh no! I was just um, making a comparison in my in my head that that seemed like what what you were saying, just linking them together to make like bigger combos out of them. So like with like simple button presses. Maybe it is. I'm I, I was probably being unclear. Like so, Dart does um, double slash, but another one he has is volcano. So if double slash is like two X's in a row. Volcano could just be two X's and then you know what what have you a triangle as the third move. So if you pull off all three correctly, you do a volcano. If you just do the first two X's, it's still double slash, you know. But the way it's set up in the game ah. is if you uh, you like you were saying, if you go in the menu before the battle and say for Dart, I want volcano, then it's only going to give you the sequence for volcano and no other move is possible until you make yeah. the change yourself, right? Like the you know. Uh, why? Why is only one move? It's not. It it it's so counterintuitive. If the character knows the move, it should be somehow possible. It sounds like they could have fixed this easily by just having a regular attack and then making the additions like your magic attack, so that you could pull them off and do more damage. And I don't know, maybe have them cost SP or something, or you know, it just it sounds like the the whole thing could have been fixed by having the additions. Oh yeah, it's a good it's idea. It's just undercooked, like, which is kind of true yeah. of a lot of things in this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> so that that's our beefs with the gameplay. Do we want to get into the story? Oh, the uh, world needs by, to know about Melbu Frama. And by okay. we, you mean you. So yeah. Oh, hang on. <laughs> let me get a big old swig. Let's do it, team. Woohoo! Can I say that the uh, some uh, of the character names uh, sound like you're in like a New York fish market? Yeah, Lavage, just a little bit. Hashel. What? So yeah, the game what starts when out. You just start throwing darts at a board and. 
Hey, that's hard, guy. I mean, to be fair, that's how I name a lot of characters in my stories, but it's mostly NPCs that only show up once, not main characters. <laughs> <laughs> so the game starts out with Dart, who is the main character. He's your spiky-haired hero, and his hometown, or he's being attacked by a dragon while he's going to his hometown, and is saved by a mysterious woman named Rose. Um, Dart's main character motivation is that he's trying to find something called the black creature that destroyed his village when he was a child. Well, you go to the town and find out. Yeah. You go to the town, you find out his childhood friend, Shanna. I I accidentally put the name of the town and as her name and not, uh, Shauna. And I wasn't even drunk when I did the summary. Um, she's kidnapped. You Uh, weren't even drunk. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, so... She gets kidnapped. You go to this prison dungeon to save Shanna. And that's when you meet Lavitz and Dart has a bromance with Lavitz. Yeah. So you you rescue Sandra. Lavitz is the knight that needs to go sing go save King Albert. So Dart and Shanna tag along and then Dart gets dragoon powers from this gym that he's had since he was a kid. But he, and we he forgot about- why he gets them. He gets the what the red dragoon because he wears Yeah, everyone's dressed like a fucking Power Ranger in this. Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. And it's so obvious right from the Hmm, I wonder what Larence is going to be at some point. Why is he dressed all in green? How strange. He's a lot of green. And when <laughs> and when they replace one green one with another one who's also green, what does the spirit or the what does the gra- dragoon spirit decide? Why well, you're worthy. Okay. Good enough. Yeah, so they go save King Albert. Um, he gets his dragoon powers, and then they meet a silver-haired guy named Lloyd who kicks his ass. And then apparently Albert has this thing called a moon gem that Lloyd cuts out of Lloyd, uh, Albert's body and then steals it and then kills Lovitz and bromance over. Everyone cries. Lovitz. No, no, the uh, the moon gem was in Shauna. Yeah. Apparently, Wikipedia was wrong. Uh, oh no, and, uh, Arbert may Ar- is not. I, I thought it was Arbert. No, it's Albert. Albert. Okay. Um. No, you're right. Albert also has one. Shauna had one too. No, and, Arbert had something else. And he had something. Spoiler alert. Well, there's lots of MacGuffins in this game, and we'll get into that. But I, I will say, I was pretty upset when Lovitz died because I thought he was cool. He was the best. That, he was a better main protagonist than Dart certainly is. So Albert takes his place, and Albert gets Lovitz's dragoon powers, and then does you he find also out get that, all of his like additions? I don't. I forget how. Yes, the exact same additions. One? They just wave it away with like, oh, Lovitz taught me how to. T- Lovitz taught me how to use a spear. <laughs> yeah. Except he wasn't as powerful. Yeah, as he's gonna... slightly different, but functionally very similar. I mean, isn't it basically like the uh, Gallif and Krill thing in Final That's Fantasy V? exactly what I was thinking. That, oh, yeah. you can have my crystal. Here's all my jobs, too. <laughs> yeah. But at yeah. least, okay, like yes, young me. Kyle, Kyle is a far better character than Albert is. To be fair, Albert, I mean, like most of the characters, then proceeds to kind of just not do anything after that. Yeah. Is that Sarah a princess? Yeah. Once every kid or once every person in this game gets their dragoon powers, unless you're named as Dart or Shauna, you're pretty much just like fodder for the Rose. Rose still does things as well. Who? Oh, Rose, Rose. right. I forgot about Rose. 
So um, Lloyd is working for an evil emperor named Diaz who's trying to gather all the moon artifacts to resurrect an ancient god of destruction. Uh, they go into this a thousand years or 10,000 years ago, winged creatures called Winglies, I, I love that name, used their magic to separate the soul from this god of destruction. And this became moon artifacts and left the body in the sky, which is the moon that never sets. And then an, av- an evil Wingly king, and here's where the random names come in, named Melbu Framos. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite dumb names I've ever heard in anything. Yeah. There are some great dumb names in this game. He, he uses these artifacts to increase his power, and then he tried to take over the world. And then Rose and Dart's father, father Zeke, beat the evil king. And Rose Petra and Dart are not related. Wait, yeah, Rose and Dart? Yeah, Rose and Dart are not actually related. They are, like, No, I, Dart, there should have been a, yeah, Rose, have been a comma there. and Dart. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Once again, not drunk, was just tired. Um, They, they beat him, and then the petrified Zeke possesses... Uh, the, the, petrifies the petri- and possesses him. Yeah, and tries to get these artifacts back. Now, I, I have a problem at this point. What exactly is the MacGuffin? Is it the soul of this god? Is it the moon child? Is it the crystal? Is it the moon artifacts? When a story gets this um, unwieldy, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. The game is repeatedly like searching for just something to drag you along, but it doesn't really have like enough charismatic villains to like get you to care, so it always has to be you looking for something. Yeah. So when, always... starts, uh, oh, w- w- when the game starts, right? It's um Shayna's uh kidnapped and the the villains like in in you, you get little scenes of them talking and they're being very cryptic about why is she so important like why do we have to kidnap her and they there's clearly a reason but they won't they won't say out loud why and well Darwin's to rescue her and that's fine right like so there's something special about her and if that's if we had just like built on that a little bit I could have rolled with it but when you start I don't know this is when you when you start getting into the well like you were <laughs> like we were saying in the skit like when 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 the story becomes Oh, so very Japanese with the the moon shards and the possessed souls and like just things that I have no reference frame for at this point. Like I then I just kind of tune out and don't care. Well, and and then You're what just gets there for funny? The button presses. Yeah, <laughs> and then what gets funny is the the round of revelations. So. Every 108 years, the soul of the god of destruction tries to possess the body of a human child. Apparently, Rose has lived for this long, the 10,000 years, to prevent the god of destruction from awakening. So every 108 years, she destroys the village of that child. So, dun, dun, dun. Dart's village was destroyed. She was the black creature. (laughs) Insistently and repeatedly just shouts the black monster. Yeah, black monster, black creature, uh, whatever. Um, And I guess Shanna was the moon child, and Dart and Shanna survived this for reasons. And then Emperor Dietz turns out to be Zeke. Well, Shanna survived because she was the twin, and Rose screwed up and killed the wrong one, not realizing there was a twin. Is that Emperor Diaz, or is there another one? Oh, I think I did say Emperor Diaz. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there was another one. No, there's a different Emperor later in the game. Okay, okay, so it is a game being stupid. Like, after after the end of the first disc, like, Emperor Diaz is kind of (laughs) over. Yes, they pull a Star Wars, and the main character's father is an evil Emperor. And, yeah, I already said Rose... Rose turned out turns out to be the black creature and some shit about Shauna being a princess and being her a twin when your actual <laughs> twin is dying in the village here as well or something. At this point I didn't care. 
Um, Melbu possesses Zeke, takes Shannon to the moon, becomes a god of destruction, the party fights it, Zeke and Rose sacrifice themselves to kill it for good, and then everyone is happy again. The mm. end. There's so many leaps in those quick sentences, you know? That's summarizing, like, two discs, but there's just not actually a lot happening. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of cutscenes. Mm. Of stuff getting blown up. Yeah, this could like, also well summarize, like, a series of two to three games. Like, <laughs> why this is all need to happen in one game? Because JRPGs didn't get direct sequels at the time as often. This is all, it, it, like, uh, you might as well just summarize Xenosaga, I think. But no, they, you know, I, they do it three games. That's fine. I, I wrote down some plot points that are apparently important but still make no sense. Um, a party member named Herschel makes a comment about his daughter being named Claire, and Dart says his mother is named Claire, and the audience figures out long before the characters do that it's the hmm. they're related. Yeah. It, it feels very. It feels Damn like it, a hey, reverse, reverse Marsh, Martha moment from Batman versus Superman. Just because, like, that's that's determined. That's like brought up when Hazel joins right at the end of the first disc, and then they just kind of sit on that for like a disc or two. Yeah, I was about to make a Batman versus Superman joke. I was real proud of myself for thinking of it, and then I just realized you already did that. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna bring hey, up great uh, minds. Yes. Like, my personal favorite, you, you mentioned, like, Rose is determined to be the Black Monster. So, like, one of the things that's supposed to be motivating Dart on his journey is trying to find and kill the Black Monster, because the Black Monster destroyed his home village and killed a bunch of people and, like, killed his parents, whatever. His parents, Point yeah. is, like, that's supposed to be one of his initial motivations. Rose is revealed to be the Black Monster on, like, disc four, and by that point, the player probably hasn't disc thought three. about that for, what? Disc three. Disc four is basically the whole end. Yeah. It's, it's like, History. It's late history, but the point is, by the time that's revealed, the player has probably not thought about the Black Monster in at least ten hours. Nope. It just hasn't <laughs> mattered to the plot in forever by that point. Um, another thing that's bring up brought up about the world building is that apparently a tree hatched all of these creatures, and the tree has 108 seeds. Um, and apparently, the later you are, the more powerful you are. So dragons were the 105th, humans were the 106th, and Wingleys were the 107th. And the destruction god was the 108th. And nobody mentions that this world only has 108 unique or 107 unique species. That's fine. And the Wingways didn't want to or steal the destruction god because they didn't want to get dethroned. Like, simplify ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah, like they clearly just chose the number 108 because of its religious significance, and then just I was, didn't. I was about to. I was about to say, what does this game think it is? Sweet coding. Listen, a lot of things want to reference, like, important Buddhist numbers. Ah. Well, speaking of important numbers, there are seven dragon spirits. Well, eight, but the divine dragon never really chooses a host. And it's just a funny coincidence that all the party members end up with one by the end. Like, oh, hey, you just happened to kill somebody that had a dragon spirit, and, oh, you're the dragoon now. Yeah. Yeah. Actually... You do get the dragoon of the divine dragon at the end. Yeah, like uh, yeah, right at the very end. end. At the very, very end. You get, like, you, the game dropped, like, Lloyd, Lloyd, briefly mentioned, murderer of Labbits, mostly just kind of runs away for the rest of the game. Uh, he gets the divine dragoon spirit, and he also gets a sword that just, all it does is kill dragons. And, like, that's one of the things, that's the game thing the game gives you right at the end of the game. You get the divine dragoon spirit for Dart, and you get the sword that only kills dragons for Rose. So if you stab some like a non-dragon with the sword, does it just go right through you? 
It, I'm not sure if it would go right through you, but it wouldn't do any particular damage. Stabbing a dragoon with it just kills them instantly, which is what kills Lavit. Yeah, it's, all, it's still, like, the most powerful sword in the game. Yeah. Luckily, it was for a character I really enjoyed using all the time. Oh, Rose was always in my party as well, so it's like, well, might as well. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the issues I had with the strategy guide that was written from uh, Prima or Prima Games. Mm -hmm. Is the person who wrote it in first person. What? Why? It was a different <laughs> and, time. And so, and then, like, so all the decisions as far as, like, what party you should take were all in first person. <laughs> like, from Dart's perspective or from the author's perspective? From the author's perspective. Okay. That's less that's... weird than if it was from Dart's perspective. <laughs> I would have preferred the Dart's perspective. That would have been actually been, pretty cool. That would have been a, a creative <laughs> writing exercise, at least. Yeah. You know what? What if it had been from Lavitz's perspective and ended like after it <laughs> ended midway through disc one? Well, well I was going to say, what's funny is that a lot of old Prima strategy guides, like from the 16-bit days, did used to be done by characters. Um, I I'm gonna out myself for this. I had the Bubsy strategy guide, and it was all written as if, it was by, as if it was written by Bubsy. And I think one of the Sonic ones was the same way, and it gave Knuckles a Jamaican accent in that one. Oh, yeah. So the person was commenting about the party to. I I always remember this. The party to take until last boss of was Dart. Because you can't replace him, of course. Kongol and what? Albert. What an odd set. So Kongol is such an unimportant character that he didn't actually merit in that plot summary. Uh, he's the Earth yellow. Dragoon. He's the yellow one. And you know this the very first time he shows up as a villain because he's all yellow. I yeah, that he, will mean later. He beats, the, he beats the hell out of you and that's what causes Dart to turn into a dragoon out of desperation. But yeah, yeah. that's, that's well, well, essentially his sum total of relevance in the plot. Yeah, like I said, I felt like of, of the playable characters, only Dart shanna and rose make any difference you could replace the other after disc one you could replace the other ones with a rock and they won't make a damn difference to the story they're they're basically like once they've entered the party they're kind of out of things to do yeah they're, they're, they're just there to help provide character interactions and really nothing else for the main plot it's like they don't like the, the big issue is that they don't have seemingly any real inner life so like once they join it's like they react to the plot but they don't seem to have like a personal stake in anything except for uh, I, I will say meru probably has meru, a little bit meru of... is one of the like ones that i feel like had the potential to be more interesting because she's like the wingley party member like that is her thing mm -hmm. but they don't really delve into it yeah like basically the wingley's got put to the brink of destruction due to the dragon campaign or whatever point is most wingleys are gone the few that remain are hidden and like most of the like ones you find are like yeah that that's probably justified <laughs> and meru joins and is just sort of a person who can who can but kind of most of the time doesn't sprout wings <laughs> I, I mean, i'm you're saying really sorry is... to interrupt i just i have to jump off here Thank you guys for oh. having me on, okay. and I just, I just wanted you. to throw that out real fast. Thank you, Andy. We'll have to be on a night where you don't have to work, so you can um, be on longer. I, I see I'm scheduled in October. Um, I'm scheduled for Trails of Cold Steel in October, and I believe Fire Emblem next month. So I'm, I'm definitively – I'll have a lot to say about Trails, so I'm definitively going to see if I can get that day off. I, I've told you guys about my work, so I can't make yep. – any promises, but yep. I definitely no would like to. No, no it's cool having you, man. Yeah, thank you for your awesome. insight. Yeah. Uh, no problem. I, you know, I just kind of sat back. I enjoyed hearing 
you know, you guys talked about it, but, you know, thank you for having me on again. Yep, have a good time at work, man. Oh, I'm going to try. Yeah. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Getting back into before that happened, Um, you know, our last show that we had Andy on was a Dragon Quest one, and we know Dragon Quest games, they always get remade, and in quite a few Dragon Quest games, there's a party chat option where you can really get to know the party better. So this game seems like if it ever were to get remade, there could be some character growth or at least learning more about them with a party chat option. This is a game that, like, like I would add that, but I would also just, like, just give people, like, goals that are involved. Like, <laughs> this game needs... Like, if you were going to remake it, you would have to do extensive rewrites anyway. So, like, just give them something that they're there to do. Something that they care about. Yeah, I think the characters are just there as, like, A, the basically you need the, the color placeholders, like, like aka Power Rangers. Um, and B, they... I, I think it's to it's it's to do the um the addition battle system. You want more characters that can do um you know whatever moves you give him. Like Hashel has a isn't he the martial artist? He yeah, just he's does like a boy. yeah. So you know so his characterization and his motivation those are like secondary concerns. What primary is let's get somebody in there that we can do a martial arts thing with. I did want to bring up something that I thought was incredibly funny while I was looking up a video of all the additions, which was uh, one of Heschel's, uh his additions is called uh, Fairy of Sticks, or at least that's what the uh, that's what the text says, but his voice is clearly saying Flurry of Sticks and <laughs> that really should tell you everything there is to know about the game's localization. Yeah, um, the video I was watching had pointed out so many typos. Yeah. Matt talking about the game being remade after dating this a little bit after this week after learning that plumbers don't wear ties is getting a remake at some point mm-hmm. and getting that's a, limited, a remake that's a re-release but yeah just a re-release. you know the point is that we're bring as a society we're bringing up that game again so at this exactly. point anything can happen so like the I, I i will bring up the last time that sony came close to acknowledging that this game happened which is that dart was a proposed dlc character for playstation all-stars battle royale that is <laughs> the last time that they came close to acknowledging it maybe he would have saved it <laughs> i listened to a lovely it. video today about this and it, it brought up that game too because apparently these two games are quite similar in uh their statistics they both sold about a million copies worldwide um i, I loved how the guy on this video kept going on and on about both of these two games um scoring a wonderful metacritic score of 74 <laughs> which to me was like okay that's average if not a little below um and just you know tons of loyal fans but just for some reason never got anywhere else in life never got a sequel yeah never hear about them anymore i would say it's kind of curtains for sony wanting to revisit this ip just because they just shuttered most of the japan studio they clearly don't care about a lot of these legacy ips from that studio Oh, yeah. Didn't Japan Studio make Knack, or am I... Uh, they made a lot of things. Like, Japan Studio made... They were often development support as well, but they just... They made a lot of things. It would be... It would be a lot to try to explain everything Sony Japan Studio used to make. Um, I... There was also talks about a sequel, but that just kind of got pushed by the wayside. Yeah, I'd be shocked if it wasn't, like, in the planning at some point, but it doesn't seem like it really went anywhere. Like, Legend of Dragoon was a, like... For a a PS1 game that takes three years to make is kind of a wild exception. Mm-hmm. And so 
I, can't I think help. part of it too is it was near end of life for the PlayStation when this came out. Yeah, because yeah, like PS2 was, PS2 was out in Japan. I was trying to look up the games that came out at around this time. I want to say Threads of Fate, Chrono Cross, um, Final Fantasy IX. It was like just a huge year for RPGs in the two, in the year 2000. And Where was I it felt putting like, out all of its like end of life PS1 software. Yeah, yeah. So it felt like this one just kind of came out in a glut of stuff, and either like depending on who you ask, was a sleeper hit or was uh, one that kind of needed to stay a sleeper hit. Uh, it's just one of those things that like this was this is unlikely to see a re-release or well, it has been re-released in the past. It is on it was a PS1 classic at some stage. Mm-hmm. That's the version I have. But I do own that version also. Same, same. Uh. And the discs. Same. I mean, oh. I think that I like it. I like the game better than some of you. Um, but even I would probably call it like aggressively mediocre. So I'm curious what um what arguments people make in favor of this being a sleeper hit. See, Whether this is something I don't not, get either. I feel like the answer is I was ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair. Like... So Pascal, oh, go ahead, David. Finish your. Oh, I was just going to say, because, like, this is, like, laser-targeted to be enrapturing mm-hmm. to a 10-year-old, because it's got, like, all that all that JRPG shit that you're, that you care about, but also there's a bunch of, like, fucking superhero magic as well. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, sure, perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I was we... 17. Yeah, you know what, that's just 10 plus 7. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it sounds like it's probably a good time to take a break, go grab another beer, and get into the round table. Because we're getting into kind of our ages and stuff like that. And I want to know our personal stake in this game. You know, what it, what it means to all of us. Good, good or bad. Warts and all. It means more vodka. I don't know if I can handle another beer tonight, but we'll <laughs> see. Anyway, we'll be right back. Backtrack, The Legend of Dragoon, and now we're going to get into the roundtable where we talk about the personal aspect, what our favorite characters, moments, uh, painful moments, memories, that kind of thing. Uh, I I love Matt for favorite funniest moment from the game. (laughs) Should we start with that? Yeah. I mean, my favorite moment, because I rolled credits on this. I did. This was back in the era where if I bought a game, by golly, I was going to freaking do it, but... Although it was like a little bit after the uh, release, but man, my favorite moment by far was the moment I could pop the lid open on my PS2, which is what I played it on, take that disc out and realize I don't have to play this shit anymore. I'm done. (laughs) I got a problem with that. A PS2 (laughs) didn't have a lid you could pop open. Oh, that was my PS1. Well, when I hit the eject button, you are an imposter, sir. There's a top loader. What are you talking about? I did have a top. I had the thin one. I have yeah. the PS2, uh, the thin one. Yeah, because I have a thin I played one. this long after, well, not super long, but I played this well after the uh, PS2 was out. I had PS2, the little thin one. It was like half the size of the well original played. one. Yeah, it had, it had a lid that popped. Yeah, no, it, it did. I can vouch. I had I had that one as well. I have a hot pink one. Yes, they are like that. <laughs> How what? interesting is this when we care more what? about the hardware we're playing it on? You had a hot pink thin PS2? 
Yeah, it was Japan only. I got yeah. a I got a deal on it at one point because I needed a Japanese TS2, PS2 and someone was selling it, so it's like, well, I might as well have the weird one. I have an original Japan PS2. Nice. My original PS2 from 2000 uh, died a horrible death, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, those are not stopped, reliable objects. It uh, stopped reading discs, and I tried to fix it myself, and I got it all back together and accidentally ripped the ribbon cable out, and I was pretty upset that day basically every ps2 will eventually stop reading discs if it's in the initial batch <laughs> yeah i it's why i ended up i ended up buying a slim just because the less chance of a hardware error so do you guys have any favorite moments nope uh there are like things <laughs> in this that i like like there are moments in it that's like for it for the very sit like you know uh the very like juvenile tone that this game strikes that's fun like you know when you actually do when they do introduce the dragoon thing like it's kind of a fun moment like it's just like oh you get your ass kicked by a boss and then like a cutscene happens where he explodes (laughs) (laughs) and like that's fun he doesn't literally explode, but he gets knocked on his ass and runs away. So. Yeah, well, I hope he doesn't literally explode. He's a party member later. I mean, he's so little of a party member, you can kind of ignore him, but that's okay. Uh. Um, I will admit, I did like when they revealed that Meru was a Wingly. Because, you know, at that point, Wingleys were kind of a boogeyman in the game. And then finding out that, well, no, they're not all assholes, that... They kind of had a life and a reason to live too. Yeah, I mean, I I really liked Meru as a character, and I felt she was very underutilized for the game. Um, but for me, it was kind of off. Now, again, I played this when I was seventeen, you know, or this came out when I was seventeen, so I played it, you know, late teens, early twenties, and it was pretty obviously obvious at that point that Meru was a wingly only because of throughout the whole game. You only saw three characters with silver hair. And all three characters with silver hair were winglies. Yeah, it's kinda kinda Look, they couldn't figure hand. out they couldn't figure out that Dart was, was Hashel's grandson. What do you think <laughs> they're gonna do with, with silver hair? <laughs> I was gonna say I've been turning gray since I was sixteen, so I'm gonna be a wingly at some point with that game's logic. Um, <laughs> you know, that means you can fly, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Probably too um, fat to fly, though. <laughs> so since I don't really have any, I have no like particular memories from my first playthrough. Um, I I'll, I'll just pick something from the couple of hours I replayed here this week. Um, and it'll go with uh with uh, with with David saying about like kind of juvenile tone. It's even even prior to you getting any of the dragoon powers when you um when Dart and Lavitz rescue Shayna from the the prison and the, so before getting back to the castle where I guess is where uh, Lavitz dies um they they kind of roam the countryside for a little while and all the while the dialogue they're just like dogging on Shayna in 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 quite like considering she's supposed to be the girl that he has put his life on the line to save and you know potential love interest he is um he's very mean to her <laughs> um he's a dick for no real reason yeah he's, he's, he's a dick a, well both of them very... together uh they'll they'll say things and uh when whenever she like tries to get a an aside into the conversation um they'll they'll, they'll basically will make fun of her uh at one point uh I, I think it's Dart kind of turns to uh, to Lavitz. Oh, look, Shayna's learned something. <laughs> I forget what the exact context is, but you can almost uh, kind of like see the two of them. You can you can kind of in your in your mind's eye see the two of them like go, bruh, good one. Yeah, they <laughs> they, they totally had a bromance going. Well, 
can't yeah, the bromance was a thing. Her. The bromance said- is not like they're just assholes to her. <laughs> it's it's a very strange thing. I think the thing they're trying to bring across and kind of failing to is the idea that like Dart is. Tr- acting like an older brother in kind of an accurate way, which is to say most of the time an older sibling just sort of dogs on the younger sibling over and over, but that doesn't come across in any other aspect of their relationship, so it just sounds like he's being a dick. Yeah, because it's just being text and practically no... There was no voice acting in this game, I don't think. There's voice Um, acting whenever... Yeah, there is. Was it cutscenes only, or was it... A little bit in combat, like when they when they yeah when they they name their moves, but also in the uh, in the in the cinematics, yeah. Okay, but normal dialogue, are, no cuts, no, no, no. no voice acting, because no. that doesn't come across in uh, the, just plain text. I do kind of want him now. I'm just imagining like their edition shouts playing over their like dialogue, regardless of that. So like. Dart just talking about something <laughs> random, and for some yes. reason, the background is just screaming, Madness Hero! <laughs> well, look, game do that, games do that all the time. When they uh, when they just want to alert you to which character is doing the talking, they just put in whatever line they happen to have. Um, <laughs> Whip smack! There's precedent, there's precedent for that, so yes. <laughs> so do we want to get into our favorite characters? Because I only have one. Well, mine is yours. You only have one in this uh, amazing cast? Lovitz was the best character. He felt like he was the only one that had any sort of personality or was any sort of likable, except maybe Meru. But even then, I could see people getting annoyed by her. And they aerithed his ass. They slamberted his ass. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to know what slamberting means as a verb. (laughs) Um, it ends in death. Oh, Urban God. Dictionary. <laughs> no, no. Urban Dictionary says Slambert is the uh, process by which you die. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. If your name yeah. is Lambert. If your name or is Lambert. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's no, fine. it might as well be Lambert. Now I'm just imagining his name is Lambert Slambert. Lambert to the slaughter, man. He was like Lambert to the slaughter. Just that was it. Okay. You knew he was a goner. I just I just looked it up. It, there is a definition on Urban Dictionary. A Fuck. name for someone what? who wrecks shit up. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, internet. Internet, well, internet. Oh, man, are we slamberting this whole game at this point? Of this? I think, well, I is think that we the are. Is that the way to use this? Hold on. That means that there's some, like, you got, you have street cred for being called a slambert? Come on. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, but if you are if you were being called slambert, I think that is street slambert. cred. You should crawl away Pascal and shame somebody called you a slambert. Man. You took that dude out. <laughs> dude, you sat him after the... Prefect, now there's a fruit who really knows where his towel is. Oh, God. You you know what? We're probably going to get the explicit tag anyway, so I'm just going to say it. A good use for that would be, man, he slambered that pussy. (laughs) Well, you've already called this game a shit show. I was going to say, we would need, we needed to explicit it from the shit show from the very beginning. Oh, of course. I knew it was going to be in a, in a, in the, one of the rare non-Sam episodes that would probably have it. But <laughs> I'm just going to, I guess I'll just bring up, like, there are some things I like about the game, so I'll bring them up. Uh, yeah, yeah, not, yet, not yet, no, not yet. <laughs> We're still slamming things. <laughs> yeah. Slam, slamming things. can't change the tone that much. <laughs> 
it's, <laughs> it's going to be tonal whiplash if you start praising it now. I'm not so, praising it. I'm just saying the things I like. Yeah. So do you have favorite characters, Robert? Um, I have two. So um, I do really enjoy Meru as a character. Um, and her personality, I mean, uh, she definitely can grate on people's nerves. But the, she, I think the, she is the way she is just because of how Wingleys are treated. So she, she's kind of trying to be like, hey, you know, we're not bad. Pe- we're not bad. We're just, you know, we did bad things in the past, but we're, you know, we're, we're still pretty much like you all. And then um, I really like Rose. Honestly, I think the game would have worked better if Rose was maybe the main character and didn't follow the asshat that is dark. Dart. Rose is probably the one with the most actual investment in anything that's going on. Yeah, you know what? I was about to joke and say Lavit should have been the the main character, but you're right. I feel like Rose really had much more of a journey to go through than. Well, I mean, she's lived for ten thousand years. She's got the. She has like the most multifaceted multifaceted personality and the most history with the plot the most motivation for both its beginning and ending it's honestly like probably the most interesting character just on that merit (laughs) but nope we can't have a female as a main character can we especially because most of her like additions are some sort of bdsm joke (laughs) so we know where they were thinking is one of her additions slambert is that the name of it (laughs) Sorry, did you, did you have a favorite one, David? It's Rose, isn't it? Yeah, it's Rose. Okay. And I don't know about Pascal. I think he's still hung up on Slambert. It's just the yeah, name of Slambert. I, no, I don't really that, That's favorite. why I picked him. I, I got base no, level. I got no favorite. Um, right. Did we have any music that we liked from this game? Honestly, I all? think the soundtrack's pretty okay. It's not super memorable, but it's honestly, like, pretty good. It's serviceable. Yeah. So, yeah. interestingly, um, and I forget where I read this at, but they had two different music composers actually working on this. One to do, like, all the cities and the backgrounds and whatnot, and one to do all the combats. And if you notice through the game, the combat music does change from disc to disc. Yeah. And the dude who wrote the combat music... um. I think he was American, so they had a Japanese composer do, like, the world stuff, an American composer do all the battle stuff, and the dude was like, I'd never played a video game before, I just wrote what I sounded would be in a video game. <laughs> it's I mean, very I, atypical sounding. <laughs> I I had to pull up the soundtrack on YouTube, because like I said, I, I, have, I haven't played this game in a long time, so I didn't remember any music at all, and I went through all of it and none of it stuck out in particular, except for maybe writing on a positive rhythm, and that's because it kind of sounded like a, t- a typical RPG, kind of happy, jaunty tune. I have no idea where that song played. Oh, uh, uh, let me play it and I'll, uh, I'll be right back. Yeah, it's in the sheet, but it, it felt like the only song that kind of sounded like it had anything to it to me and it's a shame because to me rpgs and you know epic movies. yeah that's one of the mini games okay oh wow this game had mini games it was the it was the period it was the style of the time i do (laughs) i I did bring up i want to bring up something that i think belongs in the funny category sorry that we've already moved on but it's no it's okay this one is one the one that i bring up because no one will who has not played it will ever believe that this was real. And that is the Wingley City that's just, you have to pass a bunch of laws to get through it. Oh, right. <laughs> and you have that... to fucking, like, you get the law and then you get it fired out of the law launcher to make it law. <laughs> 
Oh, if only Congress worked like that, we would get so much shit done. Just love the concept of the law launcher. I have no idea what it could possibly be doing, but it's incredible. I, I never got to that point. And when I saw that point in the video, I was like, okay, that looks like the one point in the game that actually has any sort of levity or charm to it. It's it's utterly wild. It's probably one of the most memorable sections of the game, and it's incredibly stupid, but I love it. <laughs> So speaking of memorable, um, let's get into our memories. And I'm going to save Matt for last because he has the best one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just kind of going into mine. I The funny thing is that as much as I'm bitching about it, I have no bad memories about that game. I just never finished it. I bought it because back then I would just I would get paid and I would go straight to GameStop and dig through their bargain bin and just get anything I could find for cheap. And this was one of them. It was like 20 bucks. And I played up until the point to where you find out about the tree and the destruction god. And then I think like a, I bought I got paid again and I bought the Starcraft battle chest and I put that in and I never touched the game again. And it sounds like Blizzard saved me. Did they? <laughs> so, um, Robert, what about you? Um, so I want to because, you know, we had brought up this came out in 2000 Um I vaguely remember playing it over a summer vacation between summer school and tennis practice. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there there wasn't really much more I can say about it. Um, it would have been just bef- between my junior and senior year in high school because um, I graduated May of 01. So, I mean, I don't I mean, there really is not much I can say at the time of my life just because I was. You know, I didn't have a summer job because um, I was trying to make sure I could graduate on time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're not I mean, I spent most of my summer summer playing video games. I do remember playing this one quite a bit during summer then um, beating it that summer. So, I mean, that was pretty much where I was in life. It's just and oh, I yeah, say- am, I, am I only like two years older than you? Uh, you might be only one because I got help back a year in middle school. Oh, I I graduated in 2000, but I didn't buy this one new. I want to say I bought this one around around 2003 or four. Um, I know it was late. It was when you could still find PS1 games at GameStop, or I guess back then it was EB Games. Uh, no, it's still GameStop too. Well, I think. That, I, oh, oh, I. But you're right. I think EB bought out or GameStop bought out EB several years later. I know it was before Wichita, where I live, got a GameStop because we only had EB Games for the longest time. And at the time, I didn't like GameStop because they I just didn't like their policies. And pff, what a surprise, they still suck. Uh, and I, yeah, I was like, you know, only for me, I was in college and playing this. So I think I was playing... I was playing it more towards the end of the year because I remember it being cold. So, um, what about you, David? So, I would have played this in probably mid-2001. I believe my brother got it for his birthday around the time we got our PS2. And if you remember anything about what playing PS2 was like in mid-2001, you can understand why playing Legend of Dragoon seemed like a better idea. <laughs> uh, so, like, our choices were kind of that in Evergrace. For, uh, new RPGs that we hadn't played yet. So uh, Dark Legend Cloud Dragoon, too. Or Dark, Dark Cloud, Cloud as well. Dark Cloud's not very good. Uh, I'm sorry. What? Mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah, we I'm sorry to, to say. Great idea, not a very good game. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, so like it just sort of became like, well, we played a lot of Legend of Dragoon, which was, you know, like it was not an amazing game, but it was like, it was enough. And like, I can look back on it fondly, even though like, uh, as I've mentioned repeatedly throughout this podcast, I, I would find it very difficult to recommend without like just a million caveats about how like you have so many better options, even if you're restricting yourself just to PS1 RPGs from that year. But it's mm. one of those things where it's like, I mean, you know, it's it's fine, and like I have a lot of nostalgia for it, and that's that's okay sometimes. <laughs> and and I've and I feel the same way as as Dave, um, because it it is a hard game to recommend. It has not aged well at all. Like when it came out, it was it was you know probably above mediocre, but it has not aged well in the least. Um, so I would say now it's below mediocre. It's still not a bad game, but it's definitely a hard game to recommend. But I can definitely, off the top of my head, name games that I will never, ever recommend compared to this. Yeah, yeah I, like do Dark Cloud. That, I do have ones that I <laughs> hate. Wash your mouth out with Slotra. Yeah, I can't recommend Dark Cloud. You can't threaten people from the bathroom. I, 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 I kind of like the first the Dark Cloud. But I love the second like, Dark Cloud. <laughs> I like um, Town Are you trying to slam bird somebody? <laughs> I am definitely trying to slam bird you. Oh. <laughs> Pascal, what about you? Do you have memories of this game, or are you trying to drink it away? Uh, I'm not. Um, I, I, mine are probably kind of similar to to yours. Um, I didn't. This is all just speculation on my part. I honestly just don't remember. Uh, I graduated in '99. I don't think I played this when it came out. Um, so you know, maybe 2003, 2004. Also, um, I didn't buy it from EB Games. I bought it when I when I first discovered. So this is when I would have been. Um, uh, so like my, my son was born, I was going through college and trying to like work part time to make some money. So I had discovered um, around that time what, eBay and, um, you know, there were uh, maybe not a lot, but a few games I, I ordered where I would, you know, most likely I just searched up RPG and found something that was a cheap and B you know, something I've most likely not heard of because like, the- Guardians Crusades. <laughs> I don't know that game, so, I can't. <laughs> mm, um, so that that was how I got uh, Legend of Dragoon, and um, it's it's the case is not in good shape. Like this is a a very um, roughly used copy that I got, but uh, the discs work, and so and and I like the. Uh, the straightforwardness of, I guess, like the, the very grindy and just push a button combat. Um, I also, I don't really mind the simplicity of like the dialogue. I, 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 I dislike the very simple at, and plus at the same time convoluted story. Like it's way too simple in areas where it needed to be expanded on. And it's, it's super annoying how ridiculously convoluted it gets like that bothers me but like the dialogue and like the terrible um uh like the translation that sounds like you know a 10 year old made it uh it's it doesn't bother me as much like there's a some slight charm to that and so those are you know those are qualities that probably spurred that 74 hour playtime that i was referencing earlier uh because i needed stuff that i could just like turn on and uh, and basically turn my brain off and this this game fits that 
to a T. Yep. But and, and, I, I agree, it fits it too well. So yes, it hasn't aged very well. It is hard to recommend despite like positive things that I would think about it. And I mean, joking about our skit aside, you know, making the joke about they were copying Final Fantasy VII, I think in their heart of hearts, they weren't trying to copy Final Fantasy VII. They were just trying to make something that attempted to capture the same magic, but kind of fell short yeah but i mean like you um i don't think we mentioned yet but they also use the same like the pre-rendered backgrounds and just yeah. drop drop the character on that like kind of walks and in, in whatever field they programmed in for the character which happens to to be whatever path is visible in the scene like that's very final fantasy 7 mm, i mean that was a style at the time ever practically every game well, yeah okay sure me. even resident uh, evil did it the combat um, when you when you first switch into uh, combat, there's um, unnecessarily many uh, shots of the 3D battlefield, which are there partially because the game is still loading in the actual like enemies and and characters. World also champion just, of like, those still Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy IX had that too. Right. But also, I think some of it is like saying, hey, look at me. Uh, You know, I do 3D battlefields like Final Fantasy. Oh, Oh, Chrono Cross also did it. It was very common at the time. I just the world champion of spending too long doing it as out of nine because they had to load in four characters. (laughs) And then saving the best story for last, because I think he told this on another backpack, but it's too funny to share again. Tell us your, I don't know if it's a sad or a happy story. It's depending on your view. I bet it's the real reason you're you're sitting in the bathroom, though. This is why (laughs) you're recording from the bathroom. (laughs) This is why I... The only time I get alone is from the bathroom. Um, so back in, I played this in 2008, and in 2008 I was married to my high school sweetheart. Um, but she had a pretty high-paying job, had to, um, but had to work like every other weekend. I got so much gaming time in because I was a school teacher. I had weekends off. I had the summer off. I had a wife with a high-paying job. It was like, you know, I I had no real financial burdens in my life. It was like, well, what do I do when I come home all day? Like, okay, mow the yard um, and, you know, play video games. Well, 2008, though, came around and I had not touched my PS2 in forever. I played the first Rune Factory. I was playing my brand new Wii. I was playing DQ Swords, um, Magical Star Sign, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon 2, Etrian Odyssey 2. It, it was all about the Wii, uh, the Wii and the DS. Um, mm-hmm. But over that summer, I decided, you know, I, I'm home all alone all day. I needed something to play and I needed something to watch. So I actually remember this was like something like 100 gigabytes worth of data back then. I mean, that's a lot now, but in 2008, that was a boatload. But I ended up watching 10 seasons of Stargate SG-1 back to back to back to back to back, like every day. That's not the sign I'd, of an emotionally healthy human being. Oh, but MacGyver was so awesome. Go Richard Dean Anderson. Um, but, you know, coming off Digimon World right at the beginning of August of 2008, God, I was I like, well, <laughs> so did I, which was like, OK, I'm done with the DS for a while. I need to get back to PlayStation. Hey, what have I not played on PS2? And I was like, eh, you know, I'm still kind of a cheapskate at heart. So let me get a PS1 game, and oh, this has four discs. This must be good. It must be four times better than anything else, right? Phil used to say that on Backtrack all the time. If it's got four discs, it's got to be four times better than anything with one disc. So I picked up Legend of Dragoon, and... Um, it does make it seem epic, right? Like, yeah. Four discs, you know, you know there's... Must be contained upon these. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got to have mean, a lot of content. It's got to have a lot of content, and that's what I needed. I had, like, 230-some episodes of Stargate to watch. I needed something on there. It has there. to be at so, least twice as good as Dragon Quest Seven. Oh, oh, you wash your mouth out with some of uh, <laughs> too. It's four times that, better that, than Dark Cloud. <laughs> Wasn't Dark Cloud a PS2? That doesn't even compare. Oh, you don't want to, you won't, okay. We're I'll not... do the math and I'll get back to you on that. Four, four times better <laughs> than Wild Arms. Nope, I, I did the math. It is four times better than Dark Cloud. It still works oh. out. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to bite my tongue on that. But I finished this game uh, mid-August, right before I was about to get back to work. Um, usually had to report around August 15th uh, for school and finished the game. And I remember like the next day I had off and I was supposed to be back at work the day after that. And high school sweetheart, my wife at the time, walks in that day after I beat the game and she's like, you know what? There's like this guy at work I kind of like. And this marriage hasn't kind of been working for a while. Maybe we got married too young. We want different things. I'm going to move out, go move in with my friend who recently got divorced. And I think that's the path we should take. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, looking back on it here years later where I'm married to my wife now for eight years and we've got eight and a half years, almost nine We've got two wonderful kids. One of them just rolled credits all by himself on Dragon Quest Monsters 2 this morning. Made me super proud. Oh, God. The fact that he needed so much help like the first five hours and then just kind of stopped asking me and started telling me all the stuff he did at seven and a half years old, like finding his way through this 50 hour 3DS game. Just amazing. (laughs) But back on that day, it probably wasn't like the worst thing that happened. You know, Dragon... uh, Legend of Dragoon in that month of August. But, you know, it, it ended up uh, <laughs> that that day that my wife was like, you know, maybe we should uh, split up here. Legend of Dragoon maybe wasn't on my mind so much, but looking back on it, no. Let Digimon World, better. Legend of Dragoon was the worst thing that happened to me in August of 2008. <laughs> worse than getting divorced after six years. Uh, it, well, it's oh, it's no always funny that. when you... It's always, I mean, it's always kind of funny in an ironic way when you're trying to power through a bad game and something else happens at that time, because I will forever associate trying to play um, Hyper Dimension Noir, the the strategy one, like Mm -hmm. on the way to the vet in Kansas City to find out that one of my cats needed to be put to sleep. Oh, yeah. These (laughs) these things are indelibly marked with the other thing that happened at that same time. Yeah. This game, honestly didn't make an impact in my life it, it was kind of meh for me like you guys said it was average it was a little bit below average i'm not a fan of the ps1 era um not a fan of pre-rendered backgrounds and this kind of ps1 era yeah, kind of stuff uh, i'm sorry I, I played all the ps1 games like five to six years after i played ps2 games before ps1 so like all, that whole era to me is just, eh. I know it built up everybody else. I'm a gamer that loved my NES and SNES games and then did an RPG for like eight years. So when I came back to it, it was like, oh, that's what y'all been doing? Cool. I'm going to go over here and play Dark Cloud and I'm going to play Dragon Quest VIII. <laughs> At least he threw Dragon Quest Eight in that. Like at least there's a good game in there. This has really been the Dark Cloud backtrack episode. (laughs) Uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to do a Dark Cloud backtrack where I just shit talk the game the entire time. You know what? And you know what? I will build a city of people that will destroy you for that. Oh, you don't have what it takes to kill me. Like in real life. Motherfucker. I'm gonna turn that thing the right way and get to 100% completion. (laughs) Listen to these two slam birds. Knock I was going to say, um, 
we will definitely have to put that on the short list for next year. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know that Dark Trap or Dark Trek, Dark Cloud was kind of a past one, but I also think it was like several years ago at this point, and <laughs> apparently that's a very polarizing game too. <laughs> I've listened to that episode. I have anger about it. <laughs> I, like how how the Final that. Fantasy 13 one <laughs> kind of made me want to cry. <laughs> Guys, you know it's not that bad. It's pretty good. It's fine. Uh, Final Fantasy 13. I would actually love the chance to play that. When is that going to get the remake? We've made it through I, E3. I, They're not remaking that. They're doing one through six in sprites. What the hell? Why can't I get this on a modern console? I want to know why that one isn't That's on Switch. Cool. That one can't be pushing that many polygons to not be have a Switch port. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's got to be Crystal Tools. Like the engine itself is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been. I mean, that's the engine that pretty much broke 14 initially. So. It was that, and it was also just like. I mean, like, they, they, they pitched their wagon to the idea that, like, Crystal Tools will be, like, the thing that streamlines all of our development. Oh, wait, this is terrible, and it only makes this one thing. <laughs> oh, oh it, it sounds like we're ready to put a pin in this one. I, I, I personally don't hate the game. I just, reading through the story, it's like, I, as a writer myself, I lose sleep at night over the, being this convoluted in my own stories. Um, if If you're curious about the game and want to pick it up yourself the pandemic kind of hiked up the price a little bit um discs go for 40 dollars and complete box goes for 55 and before the pandemic you could find this game for less than 20 bucks mm. this uh, was the greatest hits title this was not an uncommon find yeah if yeah. you have to play it it's on psn for six bucks try it your mileage may vary um, also, there is ROM hacks out there that fix a lot of the problems with the game. Um, they give you full EXP for non-party, non-active party members, and expands the, it doubles the inventory. And from what I've heard, that's the two major problems people have. You know, besides oh. from sh- shitty story and and, from the everything. Else. Yeah, uh, I, it only took me those first three hours of replaying, probably less than that, like somewhere between two and three hours, and my inventory was full. I already uh, had. I started getting messages of uh, no space in inventory, so I had to drop something in order to wow. open open another chest. Your max is like 32 mm-hmm. items and nothing yes, staffed. I think Terrible. it's exactly 32. I, I, I will admit, I tend to sell a lot of those, use these in combat to cast magic things. Though, I think the 32 <laughs> does not include gear. I think gear operates yeah, gear in a separate, a separate window. A separate yeah. yeah, gear is separate. And well, you I, need, I actually need to sell gear because you had unlimited space for that. <laughs> Oh. And they you, thought um, this was a strategic thing, but they didn't actually have any ideas for what kinds of strategies it would open up. Yeah, because you get a lot of permanent items that are useful that you don't want to get rid of. It's like oh. a let's let's just let's just kill this. Yeah. So um, your mileage may vary. I I don't hate the game, but I don't have a lot of love for it either. Uh, that seems to be the consensus. But uh, apparently on Matt's Facebook group, this is also very polarizing. Oh, I did not bring that up. You're right. So I run a Facebook group. Um, I don't take a huge active membership in it. I got a lot of moderators. But about four years ago, I started a group called Turn-Based RPGs. And honestly, that's how I met Phil. That's how I got involved with RPG Backtrack and RPGamer.com and everything. So yay for all that. But we've during the pandemic, it blew up from a group of about, eh, you know, 8,000 to about 24,000 now. And, I, you know, I look at all the people that 
enter all the time and we have two questions we ask like oh what's your favorite um turn-based series or game and probably about five out of ten people write final fantasy and out of the other five of ten they probably write you know dragon quest persona whatever all these series but if i could pinpoint one game that is brought up all the time all the time is probably the number one game that people write in if they're not writing a series it's legend of dragoon and we i mean i even remember back when i i did more with the group back when it was like five thousand eight thousand people every like almost daily it was hey who's ever played this gem hey this is a hidden gem on the ps1 bet you haven't played it and then it'd get like 700 comments like everybody played it it's gonna be people it's insane no it's gonna be people speaking from um like childhood uh oh it has to be yeah, like nobody, none of them, if you asked, who who's actually played it recently? Mm-hmm. No, it's just it's rose-colored definitely. glasses. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's a group. I'm like, I've got a group of 26,000 35-year-olds, you know, <laughs> 35 to 40-year-olds that all played this when they were in high school and college and just loved the heck out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit, I, I love the game, but I've also played it recently. I know it has flaws. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I cannot wait to post this podcast to my group and just be like, come at me, bros. Mm-hmm. All 20,000 of you. Oh, we're you know what die. it sounds like? You know what it sounds like never gets brought up? What? Dark Cloud. Can't it's believe you stepped on that brain. <laughs> it's not a turn-based game, so you're right. It never gets brought up. I, I'm just you sitting here trying, trying to join the group thinking of my favorite turn-based RPG, and I'm having a hard trouble picking just one. Yeah. Put any. We approve everybody. <laughs> Okay, I'm just gonna be a basic bitch then. Final Fantasy. Put Grandia, then I'll like you more. <laughs> you know what? I I could throw out Super Robot Wars and confuse everybody. No, oh, I'm man, sure they, they just, know that they, one. They're just we get those. At the we next get those. Super Robot Wars now. I love me some Super Robot Wars. They're hard I mean, to play just because they're so long, but I do love me some Super Robot Wars. I mean, I might include something like Lost Odyssey in that. If I wanted to be super hipster about it, I'd put Shin Megami Tensei, but apparently that's gone mainstream now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It didn't used to be. Nintendo Directs. Yeah. God, I remember when we didn't get SMT games in the United States. What do we have to get? (sighs) Is this going to be a worldwide release for SMT5 now? I think so. It It seems to have had the same thing announced, the same release date announced everywhere. Okay. Was that part of Nintendo today? Yes. Yes. I missed missed everything today. I was out of Bush Gardens all day. I I missed it all. I I think (laughs) the the fact that we're bringing up the Nintendo Direct and bringing up better future games is a sign that we need to put a pin in this one. This has been RP. RPG Backtrack, a production of RPGamer.com, your one-stop shop for the latest RPG news, reviews, impressions, and so much more. Thank you for joining us during this kind of, I don't know, therapy session. I don't know if as much shit show as as much meh. Yeah, Yeah, this is a very meh show. There there are definitely worse games out there. Sorry, I have a difficulty evoking strong emotions out of most of us, I think. I had much more anger over Sonic Chronicles than this, I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Yeah, this game game didn't make me angry. It just was like, "Eh." it existed. It took up 60 hours of my time, but it was 60 hours that I gladly gave to it because I was doing something else. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are definitely worse RPGs that I have played than this. You know, is it? One I at least remember fondly for the time that I played it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it at the time. It wasn't, you know, games have come a long way since this came out. I don't regret playing it. I definitely think playing it now, people would not see it as lovingly as those of us who played it when it first came out. 
but at the same time, I have played far, far worse. It, it's you know scratched, what? It's scratched like and the itch of the the games that it emulates. You know, at least a little, not not masterfully, but passably. And if you know, if you played it like a, you know, around that time or within the, I guess, a couple of years of it, then you, you know, you probably got at least like something out of it. Not great, but. Um, not enough to just hate it, I suppose. Maybe you need the trick is you need to play something truly awful like Lunar Dragon Song and then go to this one oh, and it'll feel like fuck, the, fuck that. It, it'll it'll be the best <laughs> fucking game you've ever played in your life because Dragon Song was a turd. That is a turd. I've, I've played it. I've not beaten it, but I've played it. Let me think about Dragon Song again. I don't want to go back to the hell again. I sat through every single god awful hour of that piece of shit and because i wanted to like it it's like it's gonna get good at any time because this is the only ds only rpg out for the ds at this time and nope it's garbage so that's the secret play something worse crash start the game start the end. Uh, <sighs> david had his year of lunar last year <laughs> and several years before that and several years before that but like no i don't you know on, honestly legend of dragoon probably ranks around the same game relation as wild arms 3 and i liked wild arms 3 wild arms 3 is great I'll i don't fight for that. I, I didn't like four i don't think four, you'll get the agreement on that one there tam i'm so sorry uh, again each game you know has different people's opinions about it. And that's what I find great about gaming is I may you like it. I, I mean, I like Wild Arms 3 too. I like it a lot. I almost beat it. Do I think it's a great game? No. But it is a, it is at least a decent enough game that I enjoyed. Legend of Dragoon. Is it a great game? No. Is it a game that I at least enjoyed when I played it? Yes. So for me, they fall about in the same category. It is not a matter of them being masterpieces because neither of them are. But I did enjoy them. And it's definitely not Lunar Dragon Song. Fuck that game. Well, I, I will say, um, we had we had I had to kinda cancel our I am Sitsuna show for lack of interest because it was only gonna be me and Pascal and you know, only only two people can bitch about a game for so long. I am Sitsuna's on sale right now, so hopefully maybe next year we'll be able to talk about it so that I can just truly expound the operating definition of meh in a video. Not game. on sale enough. Nine ninety nine and I would have got it. I I actually already I I actually got it during the big Square Enix sale that was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So I think I got it for like five bucks. Square Enix had a massive sale right around tax return time. So I got in on that and I bought everything off of Steam from Square Enix. Setsuna oh, was the first man. the first game by a developer that's like improved, I think, with every release. And by then they shut by down. small steps. I forgot, didn't they shut down Tokyo RPG Studio? I'm not familiar with that. That, was, the, that was who did that. Yeah, they <laughs> did that, then they did Lost Sphere, and then there was a third one, can't recall. Uh, Okinaki. Yeah. Oni Naki. Oh, Oni Yeah, bad. that one was on sale too today, and I was kind of hovering over it, but it was still too much for my blood. But wait, we'll we'll have to get into that later. Maybe just have a Tokyo RPG Studio backtrack in general. But I I think I think it's time to put this one to bed. Please, I'm oh, dying. Thank, <laughs> thank you, thank you guys for showing up and uh, having a little therapy session with me. I realized that I didn't hate this game as much as I thought I did, but still, it's a little meh. Um, thank you, Robert. Thank 
thank you, David. Thank you, Pascal. Thank you, Andy, even though you're not here. And of course, thank you to my co-host, Matt, who I couldn't do this without. <laughs> Matt, you want to put this one to bed? You know, uh, there's not much to say here at the end. Some of us enjoyed our time with it. Some of us barely remember our time with it. And at, at, looking back, none of us really hated our time with it. it it's that middle of the road. And rpgamer.com, we talk a lot. Of, or one of our things when we review games is we have to roll credits. We don't play a demo for five hours and write a review with the score. We don't get halfway through a game and give it a 3.0 out of 5 or whatever. And... I learned just recently my latest review definitely went down about a half a point every five hours I played it. Um, but this is a game that going the full 45, 50, 60, 70, how long did you spend, Pascal? Um, a save file was at 74, but this is 20 years ago. I I can't say for sure if that you know might not include some idle time. Mm-hmm. So, but, but playing this this 50 to 70 hour game, I, I think at this point in our lives, all of us are 30s, 40s. We're, we're no longer a teenager. We're no longer in our early 20s. And like, ooh, let's game for, you know, 10 hours a day. So I, I think at this point, th- this was a game that overstayed its welcome a little bit. It had some interesting ideas. It had some ideas, maybe. Um, but... <laughs> At the end of the day, this has been overshadowed in its time period by many, many other games. And today, it's hard to go back and recommend, as even those of us that enjoyed our time with it have said, that this is a hard game to recommend to anybody at this point. So if you have good memories from your time with it 20 years ago, 19 years ago, 18 years ago, keep those memories and, you know, maybe cross your fingers for a remake But for those of you that have never tried it, I hope you've enjoyed our brief synopsis here. And don't go out and buy it. Just avoid it. Good night, all. 